Hello everybody and welcome to it. You are tuned into the A Bag Podcast with the one and only Misha Solanga. I am once again super excited to share this episode with you wherever you are listening from, whether you are a new subscriber on my YouTube channel or you are a new listener on the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you are welcome. Just a quick heads up, today's episode is actually a bit of a throwback. So what had happened was I had been a part of a conference last year, um, 2021, and I am only now sharing the message that I had preached at that conference. And I really pray and hope that it edifies you, that it stirs something up in you because it stirred something up in me as I was, you know, editing and listening to it once again. Um, I pray just an abundance of illumination that the Holy Spirit may do his thing in your life as you listen to this episode. Do not forget to please subscribe if you have not yet subscribed to my YouTube channel. Like, comment and share. Hit the notification bell as well. Also, if you are in podcast land, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are, to help this podcast grow and get a bit more, you know, recognition and awareness out there, what you can do for me is to follow the podcast on Spotify or, you know, follow it on Apple Podcasts. That'll help us greatly. Anyway, let me not hold you guys any more. Check this out. So when I inquired of the Lord, I said, Father God, what are you speaking about? What, what do your women in Joburg need to hear? And he said, the conference is called, Ladies, Let's Run With It. And he said to me, that's beautiful, that's great. But there's a lot of things that are hindering you from running with it. So he said, I want you to go there and expose their hearts to them and let them know what's... Because, I mean, we can spend hours here, Pumila was here telling you her story, her journey. And you can hear it. And when you get home, your hindrances are going to be waiting for you like... <laughs> oh, you want to run with something, huh? The devil's going to be like, hmm, they're going to have to convince it. Now what? <laughs> so God is here to just really equip, uproot, take out certain things that are not supposed to be there and show us what's hindering us from running with what he has given. Now, I googled the term run with it. I mean, we know the basic head knowledge of what it means to run with something. But define it is to take control of something, such as a plan or a problem, and add your own ideas to it and make it successful. So the, the, the word or the, the sentence of that would be, let's pick this idea up and run with it. Then God said to me that it is vision. What are we picking up? What are we running with? Not our own ideas. Not our own what we saw on Instagram. We saw, oh, Shami's doing a conference. I should do a conference too. We're not running with what we're influenced by. We're running with what God is telling us to do. See, now Hebrews 12.1, this is not my main scripture. I just want to show you something. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside. Say it with me. Lay aside. What are we doing? We are laying aside. Right? Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race set before us. Now, if there's one thing, if you didn't know, if God created you, it was for a purpose. There is a specific race that only you must run. There are victories that are, that, that are only accessible to you. There are lives there are people that are contingent and are relying on your obedience, but because you refuse to sit and wait for God to tell you what to do, it's nations. They're like, okay, so Jesus, and he's like, no, but I sent, I sent Misha, and she's, she's too scared. 
that I sent Umisha to come to you. Do you hear me? So what do we need to do? I said we're talking about what is hindering us from running, from running with it. Before we can run the race, before we can step into purpose, before we can do what it is God has planted in us, there is a prerequisite. Uh, listen, the writer of the Hebrew says to us, the prerequisite, lay aside. A lot of you want to run with the things God has given you without laying aside anything. You want to be able to do what God has called you to do without laying aside the things of the world. You're like, no, I want to step into ministry, but you're still shacking up with your boyfriend. Oh, Jesus, I know you've called me to such a time as this, but... Ma'am, in the secret place, what are you doing? You want to be on Instagram sharing the word of God, but you don't read the Bible. You're writing off of what Misha said, and you're like, you know what? I like that Psalm 23, let's go. But you didn't take time to sit in a quiet place and get revelation from God. Right? So you're missing the prerequisite. He says, in order to run... And the best thing about the scripture is that he doesn't just say, just run. He says to run with endurance. So there is a way to run this race. Listen, we can all be Christians. But are you going to be a successful and a fruitful Christian? The Bible tells us you cannot please God unless you are fruitful. Assess your fruit. Are you bearing fruit? Or are you just calling yourself a Christian by name? But there's no fruits that are showing. You cannot please God unless you bear fruits. So today I want to get into it. God is like, we need to, let's break some chains. Let's just remove these hindrances because there is a generation waiting for you to do what God has put in you. Imagine if Esther, when, when Mordecai came to Esther and he said, no girl, the nation of Israel is about to die because of what Haman is about to do. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, open your Bible, it's Esther. <laughs> okay? He says to her, the people are going to die. And how do you know that God hasn't placed you in the palace for such a time as this? How do you know God hasn't placed you in your family for such a time as this? How do you know he hasn't placed you at that job for such a time as this? How do you know that group of friends that's moving left, but God has placed you there as life for such a time as this? If Esther had said, you know what, Mordecai, if this man kills me, then what? Then the people of Israel were also going to die. But what did she say instead? She said, I have no idea how I'm going to do this, but if I perish, I perish. So we need to adopt that spirit. But I want to give you a story before I get it. I want to give you a full-on story of what hinders us so I can break it down for you. I've got two points, and then I've got a solution. Because that's the thing is, God is a God of solutions. Yes. We like to bring problems, but God is like, I hear you're crying about it, but what can we do to fix it? Mm -hmm. Right? So I'm reading from Genesis 18. It's a bit of a long one, but I'm going to read it for you because some of y'all didn't read the Bible in weeks, child. Um, Genesis 18 verse 1 Then the Lord appeared to him By the terebinth trees of uh, Mamre This is Abraham As he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day So he lifted his eyes and looked And behold three men were standing by him And when he saw them He ran from the tent door to meet them And bowed himself to the ground and said My Lord if I have not found favor in your sight Don't pass by your servant Jumping to verse 9 Then they said to him Where is Sarah your wife? So he said, she's here in the tent, verse 10. And he said, I will certainly return to you. This is God speaking to Abraham. He says, I will certainly return to you. Yeah? According to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. What just happened here? God cast a vision. Y'all like this one. Are you with me? Yes. Please talk back so I know that you're alive. God cast a vision onto Abraham and his wife. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, 
well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing, so that uterus was just me. There was no way she was going to be able to have kids, no physical way at least, right? But this is where the God. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown so old, shall I have the pleasure, my lord, of bearing a son? And this is a valid question. Mm. It's a really valid question. Mm. Right? So we don't blame. We don't blame her for asking a logical question. Verse 13. And the Lord said to Abraham, because now you're dissing God. Mm. She's like, there's no way she just asked, can I do that? He says, is anything impossible for God? Yes. Is anything impossible for God? Then he says, at the appointed time, and a, note appointed time, because y'all are rushing God. Mm. At the appointed time, it takes nine months for a baby to be born. If the vision is going to take two years, it's going to take two years, no matter what you do. He says, at the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. So the question for the day is, what is hindering you from running with it? Now you have to self-assess, introspect, what is my it? What has God put in my spirit? Because it's never for a lack of God not giving. God stays giving. He is the God of abundance. He says, I can do exceedingly and abundantly more yes. than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. Yes. So that means there's always provision yeah. of ideas, yeah. of plans, business ideas, books, book ideas, podcasts, YouTube channels. Yeah. He's a God of abundance. Yeah. What's the problem? Mm-hmm. We are the problem. Because where he casts a vision, we love. But move with me. What is hindering you from hearing what God has in store for you. Number one, point number one, you're not positioned, you're not postured to receive the vision of God. Mm. Oh no, y'all not hearing me. Mm. Are you fooled? Is that that the problem? (laughs) You're not positioned accurately because you can be positioned, but if you're positioned inaccurately, you're going to miss it. Why do I say that? It says here that when the Lord came unto Abraham, what was he doing? He was sitting outside the tent door. Now, sitting is not a popular thing because sitting means you're passive. Right? Y'all are sitting now, the food is digesting, you're like, mm, okay. But the significance of sitting is that you are resting. Are you hearing me? Because when I say rest, I'm speaking something this generation doesn't want to hear. Because y'all want to hear me say you must hustle. You thought I was going to come up here and say, y'all need to hustle, we need to be on the grind, you need to wake up at five. You need to secure the bag. But God is saying the significance of the position of Abraham is that he was rested. He wasn't rushing God. He wasn't like, when is the sun going to come? Am I going to die and not have a child? He was sitting. What am I getting at? Sitting is a picture of rest, where you are not doing too much. When you are resting, someone can come to you and talk to you. When you are resting, you're approachable. When you're resting, you're willing to hear someone out. But when you're running, even if I say, Shami, you're hearing like, ah, because you're busy. You, you're not positioned to hear the vision that God is about to cast over your life. Wow. The power in sitting, the power in resting, is that you're saying, God, you're welcome. The power in resting when the world is saying run, when the world is saying hustle, when the world is saying secure the bag, and you say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be wanting. So, no, I'm not going to run. I'm going to wait. Oh, y'all will sing it when Mary's, I'm going to wait on you. Oh, y'all will sing it and you're going to cry. But when God says, Ah, let me see you wait then. And then you apply for the job, it takes months, you don't hear back, what you're going to do, you're going to go hustle. 
Then you get the job that you wanted that God didn't give you and then you cry because you're miserable at the job. They're not treating you right. And then God says, but that wasn't the job I had for you, but you didn't want to wait. Y'all will sing it, but you won't live it. You'll talk the talk, but you want to walk the walk. And that's what's hindering you. Abraham was perfectly positioned to receive God. Ooh, to receive God and hear from him. What do you need to do to reposition yourself to be able to hear from God? It's some things you guys need to get rid of. I, there are things I had to get rid of. I was running a company and I was sharing this with Ashani. And God told me literally in April, he said, shut it down. I say, excuse me? <laughs> what you mean, shut it down, sir? <laughs> that was how we were going to secure the bag, though. And he's like, no, 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 I am the bag. The problem is you're so focused on securing the bag, you're missing the eternal bag that is God. Amen. He says, no, 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 I am the bag from which all bags come from. Yes, yes. What do you need to do to reposition yourself to be able to hear from God? Don't tell me I go to church on a Sunday. That don't mean nothing to me. You can be at church and you can be a cauliflower and just soak up and nothing's changing. Being in a, if I stand in a garage for 24 hours, does that make me a cop? No. Does going to church make you a Christian? We're so busy. We're so busy. We'd rather spend a minute on, on, on you version the Bible app just to get a young devotion for the day and be like, Purge Jesus, let's go. I got my for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, yes Lord, amen. Okay. When are you going to get the revelation? When are you going to hear from... When are you going to get the chance to hear from God? Then you're going to be jealous. You're going to say, La lawyer. But things are happening for us because we take the time to sit at the feet of God. What did Jesus say to Martha, um, to Martha when she was, she was complaining about Mary? Ah, Jesus, I'm not too busy. I'm serving the plates. I'm hustling. I'm moving. I'm busy for you. Jesus said, mm, I didn't ask you to do all that. Blessed. She said, Mary caught the revelation. Mary's sitting at my feet because she understands that that's my position of power. When I can get the debar from God, and I can get on Instagram and on YouTube and talk to you and be like, who's this girl? That's not me. That's time spent in the word of God. On, now we're getting DMs, God. Misha, how can I be like you? Child, spend time with Jesus. Come on. Spend like, please stop sending me this DM, guys. <laughs> we receive vision and ideas when we have been intimate. See, y'all think when I say intimate, you think your boyfriend. We need Jesus to sanctify that. <laughs> intimacy is union. Oh intimacy is oneness. Mm. When Jesus prayed, he said, Father, I pray, don't remove them from the earth, but let them be one with me as I am one with you. Yes. Because when I am in oneness, I know the heart of God. Amen. God feels comfortable to trust me with his word when I am one with him. Yeah. That's all it is. I know, but I read the Bible, and it's not the same. God doesn't trust you. I mean, he loves you, but he don't trust you. There's a difference. Oh, there's a big difference. Listen, I don't know you, right? Like, we don't know each other like that. I'm a greet you, hi, so you good? Oh, you're so beautiful. Listen, we're matching emerald green, yes. I'm not going to tell you my life story, though, because I don't trust you like that. Why do you think God's going to share his life, his heart, his plans, his visions, his ideas, 
to propel you when you are not trustworthy. Mm. You all want things from God, but you're not faithful. Okay. You're not faithful to read your Bible every day and be confident in it. But he must trust you with a million, million, actually, let me say dollar, million euro idea. You want to secure the bag, but God is like, mm. Mm. You're praying, you're sweating, guys. You're on your knees. You're fasting. You're depriving yourself of food for no reason. <laughs> Declaring fast, God didn't tell you to declare because God, I know, I declare, I decree, but you struggle to read the word. Intimacy is what God gives us in the Bible. He, he, he says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Wives, Wives, submit to your husbands. Because he's painting a picture of intimacy. He's painting a picture of relationship between Christ and the church, which should show us the relationship we should have with him. Mm. So, the picture he's painting is of marriage. The most intimate thing you can do is in a marriage, even though in this day and age we do it outside of marriage. But what God intended was that it happened in the confines because it's the most intimate thing you can do. And when you've been intimate with someone, you share your all with them, right? Mm. That's what God wants to do with you, but he can't trust you. Because you won't, you won't be intimate with him. You won't go at night when everyone's sleeping and open your Bible and cry. And say, God, I don't understand. What, what, what did you create me for? What, 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 what am I supposed to do? You won't be vulnerable before God. But you want, you want all the rewards of being, of being a Christian, but you won't take the time to sit. The inference in this intimacy is that with God, we need to be like this. Not with Misha and her YouTube channel mm. and her podcast. Mm. It's great that you listen, thanks. But that's not, that's not relationship with God. Yeah. Not with Shami and her lives. Yeah. Shami, when are you doing your next live? Mama, go pray by yourself. Yeah. So Shami must expose herself now for you on the hotspot of Shami's grace. Hi, Misha. See, a lot of people in the world are running with ideas and visions that they copied from Instagram. She's making the bag, she's getting the bag because she's doing the things, she's living. So even me, I must do that. But did God tell you to do that? That's what he's graced her to do. Now you're trying to run in her lane, but you're not graced to run in that lane. Now you're running the race unsuccessfully and you're crying. But God's like, but that's not the race I called you to run. We cry, we get frustrated, and I've been there. I'm not talking about anything I haven't experienced. I cried. I was like, but Jesus, you said I'm going to be an actress. I'm going to be out here on something magic. I'm a, uh, uh, uh. And then I presented on um, ACBC 2 for two years, and that job ended. And I said, but Jesus, you said. And he said, bro, I did say. I just didn't say how or when. Mm. I said, okay. I'm going to keep submitting then. <laughs> so what we're saying now, God, is what's hindering you is that you're not resting in him. You're running in him. But remember, Hebrew says, in him we live. In him we move, in him we find our being. And nowhere did it say in him we are sprinting. In him we are running. He said, just live. Walk with me. Journey with me. Never does it say that. Even in the Bible where it says, write the vision down, have a cook too. You know we like that one, we make our vision boards. Mm. Write the vision down and make it plain so that they may ride. He's not talking about you, he's saying the people that are going to help you with the vision must run with it. See, y'all don't read the Bible, no. <laughs> That's the problem. So I'm praying for a grace and a zeal to desire God. Yeah. Not his things, but him. Yeah. Yeah. Now, point number two. We said, what hinders you first things first 
is the fact that you're not positioned. You're not resting. You're not in a position to hear him. You hear the vision and you want to run immediately, but God said, but I still need to prepare you. I still need to work on you. There are things I need to put in and take out and you know what I mean? But you're like, no God, I'm ready now. And then you run for the vision and then the business fails and you're like, but God, why? Number two, you heard the vision. God spoke to you. Because some of you sitting here, you did hear the vision. Like there's something that you know God has put in you. Yeah? Yeah. What's the issue? Why can't you run with this? Because you can't see it. You heard it, but you can't see it. I'm not talking physical sight. I'm talking about spiritual sight. In the, in the Proverbs, he speaks about having, he says, where there is no prophetic vision, people cast off restraints. Because you see it in the flesh, and you want to run to it in a carnal manner. But if you are able to see it in the spirit, God is going to equip you in a spiritual way. You have, ever, have things ever happened to you when you're like, I'm speaking at Shami's event, I've never met Shami, I don't know Shami. Mm -hmm. I'm like, God, you're connecting dots that I couldn't even see happening. But that's because I can now trust you to speak to a room of however many people. Now, in verse 9 of, of Genesis 18, he says, this is, this is when the three men, who by the way represent God, now, the three men appear to Abraham, but remember who is three? When God says in Genesis, let us make, he's talking about him. So he comes to Abraham in his fullness. How dope is that? That God can trust you enough to come in his fullness to you. Because he knew Abraham was waiting. He says to, God says to Abraham, where is Sarah your wife? He says, she's in the tent. Then he says, he, he cuts the promise. It says in brackets, if you read from the New King James, Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. So we know that Sarah heard the vision. That's why her action was then to laugh. She heard it, but she couldn't see it because she wasn't in the same position as Abraham. Oh my God. She heard it, but she wasn't in the same position as Abraham. Your posture determines how you receive the vision. Abraham experienced God. We read, when you read in the first few chapters, when he saw him, what did he do? He bowed down. He ran. He was like, can I serve you? What can I do for you? He adored God. Oh, you're missing it. He worshipped God. He experienced God before he asked for anything. As a matter of fact, we don't see anywhere where Abraham asks God for a son. But God knows our innermost desires. Yeah. So sometimes you don't even have to ask for it, but because you are at his feet, he yeah. says, I'm a grant you a son. Yeah. What does is, what is the scripture say? He says, you know that proverb where people always quoted, God will give you the desires of your heart. Mm -hmm. But you missed the, the prerequisite, which says to us, delight yourself. You're like, oh no, he won't give me the desires of my heart. Not if he didn't delight though. What did Abraham do? He delighted himself in the Lord. He worshipped God. He served God. He cooked for him. It says they, he prepared lamb and he brought it. He washed their feet. He humbled himself. You won't humble yourself, but you won't go serve when no one can see you. You won't worship unless people see you raise your hands. Introspect. The disadvantage of Sarah's position is that she could hear the voice, but she couldn't see who was casting the vision. Isn't it easier as humans to believe something you see? So if Sarah, I'm just playing, you know, uh, let's see. If Sarah was outside, sitting next to her husband, 
seeing what he saw. I'm pretty sure this would be a different story. But because she wasn't positioned accurately, Sarah was inside the tent and didn't see who spoke the vision over her life. And as a result, she didn't see God. She only heard a vision that was probably caused by a stranger and immediately doubt set in. But could I have the pleasure, my Lord? If God came with a booming voice into your room and said, this is what I want you to do, you're like, yes, Lord, let's go, yes. But because he says it through, this girl from Cape Town you've never seen before, you're like, mm. right? You're not seeing prophetically because you're caught up in this, who's this girl? But you're missing what God has for you. Her relation to the man that brought the news affected her ability to believe the vision. I don't think you're hearing me. Her relation to the man that cast the vision affected how she received it. Why do I say that? Think on that. Oh. I'm, I'm going to submit this to you. You can take it, you can leave it. You can take what you need, leave what you don't. Dare I say that the reason you're struggling to even begin writing with the vision that God has given you is because your view and understanding of God is distorted. Come on, come on, Could it be that you can't run with the vision God is dropping in you because you don't know who God is in the first place? Your understanding of him is warped. You see God through the vision of your trauma. You see God through the vision of your tradition that your parents cast down on you. You see him through the fact that, how can this God I can't see be my dad when my real dad isn't even here? How can I relate to you as a dad? I don't even Could it be that you're struggling to run with whatever is burning on the inside of you because your view, your relation to God is distorted? You don't know who it is. You feel this thing, you've heard this thing, but you don't know who gave it. And as a result, your first inclination is to doubt. Because when you understand who, listen, when I stop thinking I'm doing things in my own might, it was a game changer. When I stopped sitting in front of the Bible and being like, okay, God, I need to study, and I need to study to prove myself, to prove, God was like, why are you coming at me with pride? Why are you coming at me telling me what you, you will learn what I want you to learn when I want you to learn it? Because whatever you understand about God is dependent on the time you spend with him, how much he reveals himself. Moses spent 40 days and 40 nights on the mountain. And what happened? God revealed himself to Moses. God cast a vision unto Moses because he could trust Moses. When Moses came down, people couldn't look at him because of the glory of God that was upon him. How you want to ask the people, yo, you're glowing, and I'm like, it's the glory. Because we're spending time. And you know what? We're not going to, I'm not, I hope you're not perceiving me as cocky or arrogant. It's confidence, not in myself, in the God who has called me. If he says, Misha, ladies, you are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. God's own special possession. Can't nobody tell me anything else. I'm going to wake up like, oh, I'm a royal priesthood. Oh, I'm a holy nation. You didn't know? Right? But because you don't understand who is casting the vision, we struggle to run with it. We say things like, I'm not smart enough. God, I, I hear you, but I'm not qualified. You want me to do what? I've never done that before. 
Oh, you want me to preach? I don't, what? Mm, I don't even understand the Bible. You know? Because God doesn't call you according to what you are now. He calls you according to what he predestined in eternity. Yes. Are you missing it? You think God loves you for who you are now? He loves who he created in eternity. And every day walking with him is a sanctification process getting you to where he has destined you to be. And your only hindrance sometimes is you. It's you. They're telling me my time is up. I'm exposing. They're telling me my time is up. So what's the solution? I said our God is a God of solutions. If the question was, what's hindering me from running? And I've said some things, and by no means am I saying that's all. Because there are things that are relative to you only. There are things that are specific to you. There are people. Mm, I said it. There are people, there are relationships, there are habits, there are desires that are hindering you from becoming or running with what God has called you to do. Incorrect posture. Let's fix our posture. Let's rest in God. Let's not recite, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Just because we can. Understand the inference of that scripture. David says, God lead me where you want me to go. I will make plans, I will make the vision board, but if it's not in alignment with you, don't make it happen. Mm -hmm. We need to pray. God, do I have a distorted view of you? Do I not fully comprehend who you are? And if that's the case, help me. Reveal to me the error of my ways. Create in me a clean heart. Renew my mind. And God is such a good father, he will do that if only you will let him. Definitely. Doubt is hindering us. Fear is, he says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, nor timidity, but that of power, love, and a sound mind. Why are you scared? If he gave you the vision, he created you for it. You were equipped in eternity to run with what he created you to do. And like I said, you need to introspect the last couple of things. What is it about you? What is it in your life? What is it in your circle of friends? What is it in the way you think that is hindering you? from doing what God has called you to do. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you so much.